I'm Warwick Slow, and I'm the host of the Kiwi Advisor Network podcast. Today's episode is with Johan Fritz from Leapway Financial Consultants. It was a really good interview. He jumps into a lot of detail about how he brought in a new business partner to complement his strengths and weaknesses, as well as jumping into automations he's built into his process to make his life easier and to give his clients constant communication throughout the advice process. It's a really good listen. Um, if you've listened to this episode or previous episodes and you've got value from them, please share them with other people who might get some uh, some useful insight because it helps us grow. The more listeners we have, the more we can invest into the podcast and the better we can make it. So enjoy the episode. Cheers. Welcome to the Kiwi Advisor Network podcast. I am the host, Warwick Slow, and very happy to be joined today by Johan Fritz from Leapway Financial Consulting. You've come all the way from the shore out to East Auckland to join us here. Thanks for coming, and it's so good to see you in the flesh. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. It's been quite a bit of a drive, and it's actually all the way from Ariwa, so a little bit more up. To even the, further. Yeah, even further. Now, you've got a bit of an accent. You've grown up outside of New Zealand, and yep. you've moved here. I think that's a good place to start because it's such an inter interesting journey about how you got set up. Um, so tell us about your transition from, is it South Africa, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. to New Zealand. Yeah. So in 2016, uh, we actually decided to jump ship and, and move away from South Africa. I think most people will be familiar with the South African situation and, um, and why people are moving from, from South Africa to other countries. Uh, so we, we chose New Zealand, or New Zealand actually chose us, and um, we, we moved across. And um, yeah, I, I actually found the, the move quite easy. I think that the, the Kiwi culture and the, the New Zealand culture is very, especially in Auckland, very welcoming um, and also very, um, very, very open to people coming to Auckland, for instance. And in Auckland, you're, you're not an expat, you're, you're just an Aucklander. So when, when coming over, it's obviously um, challenging to start out in a new country and um, the, the challenges of actually coming into uh, the business itself is, is completely different. I think there are a lot of people that are just in the banking industry and in the insurance industry in New Zealand will take that for granted um, and will actually just be like, it, it's just what it is. Uh, but there's, there's quite a bit of a difference between the financial services, uh, especially South African financial services environment and the New Zealand environment. Um, Regulatory-wise, obviously, South Africa is, is a lot more regulated, um, and I have effectively been a financial advisor my whole career, so, so there's been no other jobs. And, um, yeah, the, 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 the journey was, as always, an enjoyable one, um, and we, we definitely um, felt the, uh, the, the actual move itself was, a, was an adventure. Um, for both myself and Lausanne. But uh, the business side is obviously something we'll chat about a little bit more. Um, but yeah, yeah it, was, it was obviously from a, from, a, from a move from South Africa to New Zealand, we had quite a bit of challenges and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey. And uh, you talk about the regulation being, um, you know, maybe a bit more harsh in South Africa. What are some things that uh, you could maybe foresee New Zealand implementing that you've already maybe experienced in South Africa? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, for instance, the Level 5 certificate, uh, that's actually something that's been implemented in South Africa quite a long time ago. Uh, so if you wanted to become a financial advisor, you needed to have the qualification first and foremost, but you also needed to do um, what is referred to as a regulatory exam. So you would actually need to be 
um, or partake in the examination that's uh, hosted or, or regulated by the Financial Services Board in South Africa. So I think the, the things that we've had happen there were market leading. So obviously uh, the, the regulation changes we're experiencing within New Zealand is something that I'm very used to. Uh, and, and having a license and being part of a license is exactly what we operated under. So, so there's no, no difference from um, what we're going through at this stage. The difference for me is at this stage, I am the head of that. So I'm, I'm implementing the policies and making the changes to get the license running. Whereas when I was in South Africa, I, I started out as a, a Tide advisor and um, started out in 2012 and became an advisor which effectively is what they refer to as an academy model. So they actually have academy models that teach you how to become an advisor, and it's pretty cool. But once we moved through the different stages of being an advisor, I realized that I want to represent the client, and being a tired advisor just really didn't feel like I was representing the client at that stage. You, know, you mentioned some challenges that you faced when you were moving to New Zealand. Mm. Like, what are mm. some of the challenges that some immigrants will face moving into the New Zealand uh, market, not only just for the country, but financial mm. services? Yeah, what yeah, would you have? yeah. Yes, I mean, I think that in South Africa, I predominantly gave advice on insurance investments and retirement planning. Uh, so coming to the New Zealand market, um, straight away, the the market's much much smaller. So the insurance is very different. Um, the, the the product base is also very different. And I think the challenges on the financial services is that um, one thing that was quite uh, a shock to me is the fact that we have a predominant age-rated insurance premium market. So meaning that uh, in, in, in back in South Africa, the, the, the bulk of premiums are actually sold on a level premium and you would only use an age-rated premium when required. So if it was, if it was linked to debt, which we know is a, a decreasing risk over time, we would use an age-rated premium and the um, the rest of the covers would set up, be set up on level premiums, so it's much more sustainable. So so coming into that New Zealand market, you, you have to really quickly school yourself on the products and why they're designed the way they are. And then obviously you have your, your cultural changes that also come around. We, I mean, we, we can communicate in English, but effectively um, there are certain words that we use um, in our South African English, that's just not applicable to New Zealand. Like, um, for instance, uh, that we would refer to a piece of gum as a chappy. And <laughs> so you would come to New Zealand and you'd go, well, can I have a chappy? And then people are like, what? You mean the movie? So um, those little things that, that you sort of start to pick up, and there's, there's heaps of those examples. Um, but on the financial services side of it, I think that the, the bulk of the challenge was more about really upschooling yourself around the products in New Zealand, how they work, um, all the built-in benefits, especially on insurance, and then taking the, the, the jump actually incorporating the, the, the mortgage and the, the lending space of the New Zealand market, which um, I find very fascinating. Um, so obviously with me only having the insurance and investments background, um, seeing the, the, the mortgage broker space in the New Zealand market, um, was something that I definitely looked at as a, as a really good opportunity because it's actually a very big portion of a client's portfolio that you can help them and help them prepare for, let's say, the retirement or making sure that debts are paid off and so forth. So, yeah, there's, 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 there were challenges, but overall I think that the, the financial services um, principles are the same. 
so insurance operate the same. It's just the products and, and, the, and, and the detail of the products. So you started and you're doing insurance and investments. And then, um, so you started your business, which is Leapway Financial Consultancy. Mm -hmm. uh, you added mortgages at a later time. How did you, like, did you have a mentor that you worked with? Or like, how did you kind of get up to speed mm. with the products and... Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, so so Leapway Financial Consultants, just as a brief rundown, um, is a multidisciplinary financial advice firm or financial consultancy firm. Um, the business itself was actually started in 2007. Um, so even though I came over at a later stage, um, it was a business that I acquired over a, a period of time. When I joined the business initially, it was predominantly insurance. Um, and then having the investment background and wealth planning background, uh, there was always the vision to add in the other the other portions of, of the advice because I just felt that only giving advice on one product and a siloed approach um, is very difficult from my viewpoint. Uh, so from what we've set up at the moment, Leapway Financial Consultants has the ability to operate at what we refer to as a consultancy level or a financial planning level, which is our, our, our high level product um, or service called lifetime cash flow modeling. Uh, the, the consultancy piece comes in because that's a fee-based service. So, so lifetime cash flow modeling helps the client identify the accumulation of funds towards retirement and then also whether that's sustainable going into, into retirement given their current expenditure. Uh, they can also make an, an adjusted expenditure. So I'm, I'm going off on a bit of a, a, a rant on, or, or banter around the, the, the mortgage piece, but as we were doing the insurance planning piece, we slowly added on the, the investment or the KiwiSaver side of things. And then um, when I actually decided to add on the mortgage piece, I slowly observed um, some of the other advisors, uh, started learning from what they're doing. And I had a, an individual, Graham Clark, who was um, national sales manager at that stage for MortgageLink, who was my mentor. He was the individual that actually guided me around how to package the application. And so he, he had lending experience. And obviously at that, at that stage, he was the national sales manager for MortgageLink. So he helped me quite a bit around understanding uh, the the principles of lending. Uh, so the three principles of lending or the tripod of lending is applicable to any lending ir irrespective of it being home loans, business loans, asset finance. And, and that's obviously, it's cost, collateral and um, the, the character of the individual. So we spoke a lot about that when packaging the application. So he didn't really just focus on teaching me how to package the application, but really taught me around how to look at the application as an assessor would. Um, and then I made the decision to join Trail, which I think was a phenomenal one. So this is a while back, so it was very, very early days, because I felt that Trail actually allowed me um, the, the benefit of actually packaging the application using the software. So the software would actually prompt me on documents required. So as, a, as an inexperienced mortgage advisor at that stage, um, really understanding the three C's of lending and, and that, that lending tripod that needed to, to really be um, explained to the assessor and, and the diary note, 
but the, the the software itself actually helped a lot with giving me guidance on which documents were needed. So if, if for instance, we said self-employed, we got two years financials as a document. If we said salaried, we got page you and and um, the same with first-time buyers. We'd have the IRD summary to potentially see if the client qualifies for the, the Homestart grants and so forth. And so the software actually helped me quite a bit with the, the mortgage piece and to how to get that um, rolled out into the, into the company. It took me a full 16 months before I was feeling comfortable enough to really go to my clients and offer the advice. In that time, I did have clients already ask me and push to go, hey, you've got a good understanding of this. Can you please help with the, the, the mortgage advice as well? So we had the market. We just needed to really get the skills and um, give the clients quality advice because that's what it's all about. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a... A, a slow process for us, but I think it definitely um, one that's that's been very beneficial to the company uh, because it is one of the siloed products that we that we actually use in our clients' full financial planning portfolio. Yeah, it falls into you know when you, when a client comes to see you. I remember Jeff Royal. We did a, a great podcast episode with him, and he talked yeah. about um, doing. You know, you've you've effectively paid for the lead to come into the front door for insurance or investments or whatever way they've come in why not do other services on top of it as well? Mm. And I want to just do a bit of a deep dive into how you charge a fee to your clients. I know a lot of advisors ask me about it. I saw mm. there was a, a poll on the NZ Advisor Community Facebook page about uh, some legislation that might remove commission for advisors. And there was mm. a poll saying, like, if, if that to be the case, yep. how would you be remunerated moving forward? Yeah. So how yeah. do you structure your fees at the moment? Yeah, so it's a good question. So we, we designed and implemented the Lifetime Cashflow Modeling Service, or as we refer to LCM, um, as a, as a fee-based service. And effectively, we actually have a terms of engagement with the client up front. There's no push for product. It is a self, uh, it's a product that stands on its own um, or a service that stands on its own, and it's a high-level financial advice service that we offer. Any of the other advice pieces that we offer, we refer to as product advice or siloed advice, which is then tying into the mortgage insurance and investment pieces because then we're now going down the silo and focusing 100% on that product. So when we implemented lifetime cash flow modeling, uh, we thought a lot about the fee structures and, and how to actually push this into the market. Uh, a, a big obstacle for us was us not necessarily valuing the advice or the the um the offer that we that we have enough until we actually started showing it to people and they went like this is gold this is really good um having that ability to see their world as it is at this stage and whether they're on track for retirement and um and then getting that snapshot of okay well I need to do a few different things and we're able to play around with scenarios and literally model out the client's um, financial plan leading into the future, whether that's investment properties, businesses, dividends being paid out from a company. We can literally use any financial tool uh, because there's no push for product. It's a, it's, a, it's a freestanding service. And so then we actually came back and uh, into the office and, and myself and Matt actually sat down and, and really put our heads together around the fee structures and um, yeah effectively we, we came up with 1250 it, it includes um, it's based on on $250 an hour so that that's that's the hourly um, charge and we have two sessions with the client um, and the terms of engagement is sent out once the terms of engagements are accepted we invoice the client they pay the invoice 
we do the reporting and uh, we, we finalize the scenarios with the client. And so the second appointment is then actually showing them the reality of the scenarios that they have in mind. So whether that's buying an investment property, subdividing a property, paying off their current mortgage and how that affects their yield of, of their investment properties or whatever the case might be. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much how we get it done. And how do you communicate the uh, how do you communicate the advice or that longer term vision so that the client really understands it? I think the difference with Leapway Financial Consultants is that we actually lead with it. Um, so when we operate as a financial consultant, and the need for it also being referred to as a financial consultancy firm was because we're fee based. And so when we talk to our clients, it is all about. Um, will really help you to see where you're heading. So you've got one investment property, you've got the business, you've, you've got the salary and a, and a bit of dividends coming out. But w- what is it realistically showing you? Where, where you're heading? Are you actually heading to a sustainable retirement? Um, what is your goal? What is, what is retirement? Is that 65 or is it 50? Is it 55? Because retirement in a lot of people's eyes just automatically revert back to, well, that's the age of 65. Um, but when you talk to an advisor at an early enough stage, that could potentially be completely different. That can be 55, um, that can be 50. It's only being financially independent, meaning that you're not dependent on an institution to pay you funds. You've accumulated enough to sustain yourself. So when we talk to our clients, especially on the lifetime cash flow modeling uh, service that we offer, it's all about actually looking at this is our high level service. This is our professional service that we offer. And we will be giving you this advice without any push for a product. I'm not pushing you into selling an insurance or buying an insurance. I'm not pushing you to take out a home loan. Uh, you do not need to open an, uh, an investment fund after the discussion with us. The, the reality is that obviously they do because they've gotten this, um, this holistic report and service. And uh, from the back of that, they choose to actually implement it with us. Um, so it is it is actually our difference. That's that's what we offer in the market that puts us puts us apart from some of the other advisors. So I lurk in a community that's called Fire. It's financial independence, retire early, mm. and the whole okay. idea is you know the, I read some of the stories and people just kill themselves working their butt off really early so they can retire you know forty forty five. Do you have any stories of people maybe clocking off at? Um, yeah, yeah, an yeah. earlier age. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely, I think I think one of the things that we actually do talk to our clients about, and and one of the core values and and vision of uh, Leapway Financial Consultants is around um, sustainability and and balance. Um, so we we have a saying that says wealth, health, prosperity, um, or health, wealth, prosperity. It doesn't matter in which which order you put it. Um, and you. saying that people actually push so hard for the financial side that they forget about the health side. And I think the Dalai Lama said that he doesn't understand it. When people are young, they sacrifice their health for wealth. And when they're older, they sacrifice their wealth for health. And so um, in that saying, when we talk to our clients and the benefit of the lifetime cash flow modeling service is that we don't push them into actually just focusing on the financial piece. It's, It's around okay, we'll do this, we'll identify a surplus, but this is after you've actually expended and, and put all your inter- entertainment on and all the actual things that you enjoy doing. So it's not putting them in that box saying, hey, you've just got to focus on the financial piece. So 
hundred percent there are quite a few stories of people that that burn out just focusing on the um, on the accumulation of the financial piece but that's not what it's all about it's really about that that balance of okay I have enough to make sure that I don't have this risk that I I can't retire um, I don't have sufficient funds I haven't accumulated assets or savings allowing me to actually live into my golden years and um, and enjoying the hard work that I put in so yeah it might not be um, retiring at 45 because I'm pretty sure you'll 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 burn out unless you've you've really had a good company that you sold off of some, of some sort but if you're accumulating funds it's all about sustainability it's a marathon it's not a sprint so um, having that that goal initially and then having the reality checks of where you're heading will also offer you the ability to see that I'm on track so I can relax. I can just keep on doing what I'm doing at the moment. And if I'm doing too much and I and I see that this is actually taking a toll on my health, I'm able to dial back and go, okay, if I make the following changes, how would my retirement actually still, how would my retirement look? How would, how would the, the golden years actually look if I made these changes? And is that acceptable? And if the answer is yes, then you, you can actually dial it back and, and prioritize the, the health piece. Because I was listening to a motivational speaker last week and they spoke to people who were at the end of their lives, shall I say. Yeah. And uh, the common uh, theme was that they all regretted not spending more time with their family and loved ones. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people push too hard in those early stages and just communicating that it's, you don't have to have everything right now, you know, it's mm. a marathon. How, how do you show, do you have like a graph that you present to them? How do you show that longer term vision? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a, a good reality check for people is to have a look at, at financial life stages um, and the norm of financial life stages. So if if you're starting out a family, you will have high levels of debt and high levels of, of required insurance and so forth. Um, so when we work with clients, that, that normal life stage is a very good way to show them where they're heading but it, it, it's completely customizable and it should be customized to the client. Um, and that means that that graph that you're referring to is also customized to the individual. It, it's not something that you can just use as a generic one. So effectively, um, the, the lifetime cash flow modeling graph itself will show you that, will show you where you've, you've purchased the property, where you've sold the property, and those spikes in your lifetime cash flow would actually reflect it. And um, and that, that obviously gives you the, the ability to show a client what their future will, will look like. I want to jump into how you do prospecting. How do, how do clients find you? What yep. is that first conversation? Do you do email marketing? Do you go to conferences? How do you bring new business in? Yeah, yeah. That's an so awesome question. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit behind it. So when... I was the only advisor in, in Leapway Financial Consultants. Um, I relied heavily off of word of mouth. And um, to be honest, prospecting and networking is not my strong point. So we, we had a few changes in the company. Um, and I'm super excited to, to be able to announce actually that I have a new individual that's part of me. And you, you, you would have heard me refer to him previously. Matt. Um, so Matt, Matt, yes, actually... Um, someone that you introduced me to so it's good to catch up and, and that was a great introduction um, and he's come on as head of new business and uh, I'll be stepping a little bit back into head of operations and so how we've actually set up the business um, is that we've identified specific centers of influence because of the way that we offer our service 
we have the ability to go talk to um, other professionals, the likes of solicitors, accountants, and so forth. And um, we have set a, uh, a, a few agreements, and these agreements effectively feed us. And so we are the trusted source of financial advice to these other professional firms. And, um, and so far, that's really worked out for us. So yes, we don't do any uh, digital marketing. We don't. Uh, we've dabbled a little bit with Google AdWords in the past, um, but yeah, the rest of it is actually now from other professional firms. And um, and off the back of what they've done, we will usually have some financial transactions that need to be taken care of. Whether that's be that solicitors that need to buy and sell agreement, um, whether that's the accountancy firm that that's talking to a self-employed individual that's looking at ACC and Cover Plus Extra which potentially needs the ACC dial down, which can be utilized towards full, uh, full insurance that covers both illnesses and injuries. And these are the things that actually that Matt brought to the table, um, the wealth and, and, and the, the experience and knowledge that he's bringing to the company um, around the, the business planning and the business insurance pieces really helped us and um, put us in a position to go show other financial um, professionals and, and legal professionals that, hey, this is what we're doing with clients. And the, the feedback that we're getting to date is that this is pretty amazing um, and I think this is the future. And so then we're able to go, okay, well, we want to work closer with you and we want to take care of all your clients. And, and that's just a normal, natural discussion and, and it happens that, that it's working really well for us. Okay, I want to quickly find out how, how do you build those relationships with the service providers like you know, solicitor, for instance, do you just knock on the door and say, hey, this is what I'm about? Do you want to? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, the the current relationships that we've got on the company uh, were existing relationships and, and most of the ones that we have were also providers of services for us. So, for instance, the uh, the legal firm that, that we have um, in our scope and in our vision that, we, that, we, that we're busy working on were actually the commercial solicitors that, um, that offer our legal services so we have that relationship already they know us we know them we know the the level of service that they're offer offering um and on for instance the accounting side of things there was a very strong relationship from matt's point of view with the accountancy firm and because that's our niche we've now actually made it our point and specifically around uh, uh, matt's interactions um, with with accountants and accountancy firms, we try and get closer to them. We, we really try and firstly build the relationship. Um, so it's not business first, uh, it's relationship first. So, so the moment we've got the relationship, then we can actually sit down with these firms and actually say, hey, let's talk about a business because we want the certainty that their service level is the same as ours. Um, and we want to actually be able to go, okay, well, you, we, we agree with the values that you have and our values and, and, and the values of the specific firm, uh, whether that account be accountancy or legal, is in line with Leapway's uh, values. And that means that we'll have the same sort of clientele and we'll, we'll be able to actually offer the service that their clients are expecting um, and vice versa. And let's say, yeah, I know you said that some of those arrangements were legacy relationships. What advice would you have to maybe someone who doesn't have that legacy arrangement in place and they yeah. want to? You just offer them a game of golf. Like, how do you how do you do it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, one of the the big things is that um, 
that's actually a question for Matt. Yeah. So so um, with Get him, on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with with him being being head of new business, that's that's a hundred percent his territory. Um, and I have to say, he's amazing at it. He's a natural marketer. So he just, I think, uh, in a lot of instances, just naturally get on with with these individuals, um, and that's the opportunity I identified with working closer with him. And um, I am the individual that that sits behind the scenes, that really runs the operations, that makes sure that the compliance, the governance, the back office systems. I'm I'm loving my my systems and CRMs and so forth. So we we actually did something um, which was very very eye opening and and intriguing, which was uh, which is called Clifton Financial. Uh, Clifton strengths, sorry, and Clifton strengths effectively identify your your strengths, um, and it highlights the ten uh, strengths that are the strongest, um, and then actually focuses on the five strengths. So when when we decided to work together, Matt and myself, we 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 actually did the Clifton strengths reports. We looked at the reports and where we had synergies, um, and where we could actually help each other in the business um, and we also had a, an individual Jason Biggs who's a Clifton Strengths coach come in he, not, not the actor from American Pie no no, no not no. not not him um, <laughs> and uh, yeah when I was telling Lazan yeah we had Jason Biggs and she, she's like he's an actor I'm like I don't know actor's <laughs> name so, so um, no no that's not the same one he's had a career shift like yeah, American Pie yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um, so we had, him, we had him come into the office he predominantly worked with corporates um, but that was such a good session. So he actually looked at, at, at my five strengths and, and really identified where I'm good in the business and then looked at Matt's five strengths and, and where he will be good. And so what we've done is uh, we've put each individual in the business in a space that they're, number one, in line with their strengths. So it means that, number two, they'll enjoy doing what they're doing and they'll be very good at it. And the whole philosophy around Clifton Strengths is that forget about your weaknesses. Even if you try and make your weaknesses better, you will never be as good as someone that just has that as a natural strength. Um, so with that, we really identified that, hey, and we actually knew this from the beginning just with myself and Matt having some chats, is that he'll be very, very good at, at getting these relationships on board for us. And I'll be behind the scenes making sure that whatever we do within the relationships and the transactions are brought home and that we get it across the line so that um, we obviously keep the relationship going really well. How do you do the Clifton test? So it's online. Um, it's like, yeah, yeah. Clifton strengths is, uh, is it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a standardized strength test. So you just Google it. It's like heaps of questions. And so you got to go, there's a statement and then you go, Either you you strongly disagree or yeah, not not exactly. Yeah. That's actually the norm. These are a bit different. So it would put a statement there, but then it would have two separate statements on the left and right hand side. And so you've got to click on the main statement, how you would actually um, lean towards it. Uh, so uh, an example would be if someone's struggling with something, um, I would help them um, or I would actually ask someone else to help them um, and th effectively what these what these strength tests do is it, it starts to really mold and identify where you would be best at, at, at working with your specific strengths but it's quite a few uh, it's over a hundred questions so it, so it takes a while to go through it and we're actually bringing it into the into the business going forward so each and every new individual that's that's joining the Leapway financial consultant consultants team uh, we'll be we'll be doing the Clifton Strengths test so that we know that if we're actually we're using them in a specific role, 
this aligns with their strengths and it also makes their, their job more fulfilling. Um, and we're at the moment, we're actually recruiting for our first insurance administrators. So immediately when they come on board, we'll, we'll be doing it to make sure that we're also not putting them in a position where we're judge, judging a fish on its ability to climb a tree. Um, we want to put the fish in the water. We want to get them thriving um, and put them in a working environment where they, they're really enjoying their job and they're able to get better at it. I love that because, uh, yeah, having having a business partner that compliments you, that must be quite hard to find. You know, yeah. as you're running Leapway, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Yep. How did the decision come about to to bring in somebody else as a business partner? Yeah. Yeah, so so the, um, the, the thought process really started when you start going through the whole business, as you say, with these multiple hats that you're wearing. Uh, you've got to be with clients, then you've got to get the governance in order, then you need to make sure that the compliance is okay. And, and this is the normal um, and, and, and the same issues other financial advisors and businesses have um, is that they they need to put on all these hats and they're not really giving their best on, on each specific section. And so I needed to make a decision around where the company will be going. And um, at that stage, obviously, having full ownership of it, you need to decide, well, um, do I want 100% ownership of, of something that's, I would say, good? Um, or would you like a smaller percentage of something that's great? Uh, and, and that's where my thought process started to really go down the track of, I would really like something that's great. I want to have a business um, that's, that's done with someone that, as you say, complements you, which means that you, you're not working against each other, you're actually complementing each other on your daily activities, which means that that individual feels like they can't live without you and you can't live without them because each one has a role in the business. Um, and so that, that thought process really uh, ramped up after I, I met Matt and, and I s started thinking of, okay, well, where are we going? Which is, what is the next phase for the company? Um, and, and you've got got to be very honest with yourself of where you're not um, that strong, where you, you don't have the, the, the strengths. And I've always been um, very open to myself about knowing that I'm not a sales individual. Funny enough that I'm in this in this industry that requires you to, to, to sell specific products. But I've always been of the opinion that I'm educating the client to the point that they're buying. Um, so it's not, not just selling the, the, the product. And we're still doing that. So when, when sitting down with, um, or when I sat down with Matt, there was definitely a media a synergy around I could just see him naturally market and, and naturally move around and so we actually had a at a at a meeting at the, the coffee club in Oriwa and after the meeting we got up and, and uh he said, hey, I want to have a quick chat with this guy. He's an auctioneer at uh at one of the, the real estate agencies there. And um and I'm like, Do you know him? I'm like, No, I'm just gonna introduce myself and I wanna have a quick chat with him. And immediately I saw the opportunity there that this is definitely something that the business needs. Uh, we need an individual that's able to move around, that, that can actually talk to people. And, and it's not there with an ul ulterior motive. It's there to really just talk to them and network with them and, and, to, and to, get them on, uh, to get to know them on a really uh, personal level and have that relationship. And then the business comes from, comes from itself. Those conversations are so crucial. I was at a conference last week. And one of the guest speakers said, okay, for the next three minutes, you're going to get up and you're going to go to somewhere else in the room and you're going to talk to somebody or you're going to talk to as many people as you can in yeah. that time period and yeah. find out how many things you have in common. Yeah. And when she said it, I went, oh, 
really. But just taking that first step and introducing yourself to somebody, it's yeah. so much easier. It is. It, it is. And, and the thing that you need to be conscious uh, about with those feelings and that discussion that you have is that um, for some people that just comes naturally. They go, stand up, go talk to someone for three or four minutes. They go, great, I'll get it done. For someone else, that's a major challenge that's effectively their weakness. Um, so one of the things that I uh, got from the Clifton Strength Report is that my number one strength is relater, um, which effectively means that I can relate to someone, um, but it's, it's all about quality over quantity. So I don't necessarily need hundreds of connections. I need four or five, but they need to be meaningful. I want to know everything about those individuals. I want to know where they're at in their life. And I want to know um, details of, of how their lives going and, and all those type of things. Um, so we identified with, with that as, for instance, if you put me in that room and you say, go talk to someone for three minutes, for me, that's nerve wracking. I, I really don't enjoy it. So as you say, that, that first meeting is something that I find very, very challenging. And um, in the business, what we've done is uh, relators work really well with a warm introduction. So if you give them a warm lead, they'll run with it. Because I don't need to introduce myself. You know, you already know who we are. You know who Leapway Financial Consultants are. You know what we do. You know the services that we offer. So effectively, you're already in motion. There's momentum, and so if if you can pick that up as a warm lead, that that obviously means that you can just straight away start building a relationship, and you feel more natural with it. But putting me in that position, as you say, where someone just says, "Hey, go stand up and go talk to someone," um, for me, that's that's super challenging. Um, and I've actually found this in the in the gym, and it's actually a weak spot of the, the specific strength is that what you also tend to do is you actually talk to specific individuals that you know really well. And I picked this up in the gym in the morning. I would have individuals that I, I know their name, I know they're vegan, they've got this, they've got that, I've got all the details of their, their life. And um, I would tend to actually speak to these individuals every morning when I get to the gym, and I noticed that... Um, when you do do that, one of your weak points is that you can actually come off as quite rude because you, you, you seem to be talking to a lot of the or lot to these specific individuals, um, but you're excluding others. Um, so, so for me, that was also an eye opener to go, okay, well, once you've got these relationships, be open to the other relationships and 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 networking. So, um, yeah, I think that that was that was quite eye opening. But it is, as you say, it's just getting going, and everybody's a stranger at some stage. So once you've introduced yourself and you start to get to know each other, then then the, the, the relationship is growing. Um, but we all got to meet someone at some stage. So I imagine some of those people at the gym as well, they're probably having that same internal battle, you know, talking to the same people each day and they yeah, probably yeah, recognise yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I think, chat to that guy. <laughs> I think so. Definitely. I think that some people actually, they, you can see individuals and, and, uh, and, and obviously from how they're interacting with other people as potentially extroverts. We were quickly chatting about this um, outside is when you're an extrovert, you talk to a lot of people. When you're an introvert, you've got the specific individuals that you talk to and you feel comfortable with. So, so moving around in the gym, you can also see individuals that actually do talk to everyone. And then you've got the specific ones that actually get stuck and they're just having a, a good chat which isn't the ideal time to be doing it because we, we're there to get a workout done. So you actually want to keep, keep the momentum. You want to you get the workout done and you want get, get to out, get out of the gym. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's obviously the extrovert, introvert example. 
you know when you get dragged along to a party with a yeah. friend or maybe a, a partner and you don't know anybody there yep and then you recognize someone you're like oh, i'm gonna latch on to you for a bit yep it's just yeah yeah absolutely i think it's um again it's it's obviously coming down to where you naturally thrive and, and being open and honest about that um so bringing it back to the business if you know you're that individual that goes to a party and you're struggling to make the the connections then you need to be brutally honest with yourself and your business and actually have individuals around you that can complement those weaknesses um so when when you you know that you're not that good at actually getting new connections on the board but you're very good at potentially keeping those connections and holding on to them as you say you latch on to that one individual um then it's it's very very important to actually look at your company and your business and go well how do i actually get people around me that can fulfill this the, the weakness that i've got and my strength can actually be okay well i need to then follow through and and, and latch on to the individuals that were introduced to the business so how do you see Leapway growing from now. You've got yourself and Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got your partner Lasanne. Yep. Uh, do you identify any weak spots, or how do you spend the time to identify future uh, bits to improve? Yeah. So I mean, at the moment we're in aggressive growth mode. Uh, so the, the the reasoning behind head of uh, the, the head of processing and and uh, and head of new business is because the the team is is growing really quickly so we'll have a few more people come on fairly shortly uh, as i said we're, we're currently recruiting for the, the processing team so um the definitely we're seeing the business um grow into a, a full-fledged team and and the HQ office, which is in Oriwa, and then we've got a satellite office down in, in Papakura. So the the advisor client or the advisor count I'd see in the in the next two years would be up to about five or six advisors, um, and then the processing team. We're definitely going to look at insurance administrator, mortgage administrator, uh, power planner, and then just your normal admin back in. So yeah, definitely seeing the the at the moment. Obviously, our weakness is that we we don't have enough people on board. We we've got people coming in the front door, and we have so much opportunity. And uh, we need to now get the processing team uh, to the point that they can really help and support the the sales team and the new business team. And so, envisioning that we have the processing team setting up, which is the portion I'll be managing and and overseeing, and that that'll be based in Oriwa. And then the sales team effectively will be managed by Matt. And so we've also split those responsibilities to go, he's responsible for managing the sales because I, I strongly believe that you need to lead by example. So for me to be sitting in the office and telling advisors that they need to be calling people and they need to, doing, need to be doing BNI meetings and networking and all these type of stuff to, uh, to get new clients and, and, and so forth, but I'm not doing that myself or... Um, I don't lead by example. For us, it's very important that the values of the company is that each individual actually leads by example. So, for instance, me also understanding the processing side and the, the weaknesses and obstacles and then sorting it out and communicating that with the processing team. And if you're in charge of that processing and efficiency, maybe automations, part of the business, how do you, how do you bring a new process? Are there any way or any improvements that you could suggest to other advisors just to save time and help get people through the door yeah yeah absolutely um so we heavily invested in um in technology so part of the processing back end and and one of the i think the the unique points of of leapway at the moment is that uh we've embraced technology 
Um, so we have systems on systems on systems, and that's all my forte and the things that I really enjoy. Um, and this is a portion that I bring to the table, which I can teach to um, the new business side, and I can teach to Matt and, and to the sales team. Um, what I would say is definitely look at, at working smarter, not harder. Get something that's very efficient. So we have um, automations on status updates for clients as they go through applications. Uh, we have uh, systems that actually link all the systems together. So we've got our main brain and hub, which effectively is always going to be your first point of contact. And for instance, Trail as our actual financial implementation software is linked into the brain system or the main hub. And so you can click from that system back into trail. You can click back into our team's client folders and the specific uh, business fact finds and so forth that we're using. So what we've tried to do is, and, and the, the beauty about it is we're sitting on quite a few clients at the moment and we've really pushed the boundary on, on managing those clients. But what it's forced me to do is implement specific systems to make that workload better. So as new team members come on board and new advisors, they obviously inherit all these systems that there's automations on when booking a meeting, the client's automatically reminded. There's a text message that goes out as a confirmation of booking. There's a, a meeting reminder one day before. There's a text message prior to the meeting. So there's no issue of no-shows. They have the ability to reschedule the meeting. We have... Um, These are all just off-the-shelf products as well that you've... Yeah, we've, we've, so what we've done is we've chosen specific products and then we've customized them back into in what we want them to do. Um, so... The, the for instance on the on the marketing on the automation systems we've actually built in as we change specific stages um, the, the there's there's communication fired out to a client so just to break that down a bit further so when you move them through the pipeline or you know like the Trello board type thing yep um, you move them from one stage to the next there'll be an automatic email yes that says yep. So we've, we've got the back end, so we've got an, a templated email for each individual in the business, for instance, myself and Matt at the moment, as we, as we work with a client, if uh, the insurance process or pipeline stage is insurance submitted, there's a beautiful templated email in the back that goes, hey, here's a confirmation that your insurance application is now submitted, and a few bits and pieces that are important, the importance of disclosure and so forth. And then as the underwriter comes back to us and says, hey, we need a bit more information, in a lot of instances, that might be information you already hold on record, but we also then change the status in the pipeline to more information needed. There's another email that fires out to the client that says, hey, just giving you an update, your insurance application stage is now more information needed. Rest assured, if this is financial or medical information that we already have on record or can request from your GP on your behalf, we will do that, but we'll reach out if we need anything specific right. from you. So it's just uh, keeping the client informed throughout the process, but not necessarily requiring you to do it um, because the reality is that each and every of these tasks that that you would like to do and you would like to keep the client informed. Number one, there's an issue of human error. We forget to do it. Um, so we move it to the stage and we've got 15 applications open at the moment. So you forget to send the client a quick update of, hey, we need a bit more information. And I'm, I'm just quickly, we're, we're requesting information from your doctor. Um, and then the other, the other issue is obviously... Um, being sustainable um, or standardized, having the, the processes standardized throughout the whole practice that it's that's our service level. That's such a good point about, you know, communication and keeping on top of like each of your clients. Can you imagine those 15 applications, if you didn't have that automation in place, yep. you know, that right there, that's an hour worth of work. Just sending yep. the same templated email. 
So how long did that take for you to set up that process? Was it a week's job? Did you set the task? It's, Might be it's, hard to quantify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a work in progress, and um, no, it's been it's been months. Um, it's definitely something that's that's been my little hobby, and I've been playing around with the systems in the back. And uh, the beauty about systems and automations, and and one of the pointers I can make to other businesses is that once you've created the automation, that's the templates. So you can actually it started out as just a standard template that was sending a client a new client welcome email once the transaction was finalized. Um, and then I actually thought about, well, actually, I would like to send the client a few updates throughout the application. I just I don't want to just send them communication once the transaction is finalized. I want to keep them updated throughout the process. Um, so, yeah, it's been something that I've been working on for the last four years. Uh, so and, and on and off. I mean, every time we have new processes and systems or new 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 formats of doing specific transactions, I need to actually go back into, okay, well, how does this affect our processing? And thus the need for a head of operations or head of processing because you then need to go and look at the implication of this is what we're doing with clients now and that's going to require some more work on the automations to be set up. We need to create potentially more meeting templates um, and also link it into the brain system, which is the main hub. Uh, but the most important for us was to actually create that main system that allows all these other systems to be used and utilized. So you're not jumping from one system to another when um, when you potentially want to book a meeting or you want to request a digital signature or you want to um, create these automations flowing into, for instance, an, an automation system or a marketing system. So how did you land on the marketing system that you use now? Because I know there's a few out there. Yeah, I mean, effectively we... We inherited it based off uh, an interaction with a, with a company that specialises in, in marketing for financial advisors. Um, so the system is called Active Campaigns, and um, it is pretty much one of the strongest systems out there. And, and the two that you always come across is Active Campaigns and Mailchimp. Um, I think the importance of of choosing that specific system is uh, reliant on what you want to achieve. So, for instance, our automations are going to the point that they have anywhere from 16 to 20 different steps in them. Um, so this, it's actually growing a little bit in the, in the logic and in the brain and the thinking of it. Um, and, and when you look at these different systems, you need to really start investigating around the ability of, of those systems having that automation function and, and also how it can grow with your business. So how many, you know, if we think about the tree and its roots expanding out, yeah. would you have uh, like a few in place where if client opens email but doesn't click link yep. do x yes how, how does it, how do you map that out how do you begin yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I think it, it ties back into as i say it starts small um so so for instance our logic and and a lot of the instances will be specific field is changed and once that specific field is changed trigger this automation then the automation goes down the specific logic sections is the advisor johan yes no Okay, yes, then go down this branch. Is the advisor Matt? Yes, no, and then go down that branch. What is the stage of the application? Then go down these logical branches, and then towards the end of these these specific branches, it'll actually go into a separate automation. So then tying your automations together after the transactions have taken place. So for instance, an example of ours would be once we've updated the client's uh, stage to policy issued, um, the client would get a confirmation of cover and off the back of that we'll have the client actually go into our new client 
automation, which adds the specific tags, triggers another automation. We send them a beautiful little new welcome email and we also prompt them for feedback because that's the important piece for us is to get the feedback from the client around how they experience the service and where we can get better. That's like so valuable. I imagine there's a few advisors sitting there right now going, oh, how am I going to build this out? I think <laughs> just starting small, just getting yeah. one or two set up, yep. getting more comfortable with it. Yeah. could even be, like you say, a feedback email. That yep. can be fairly easy to set up as an automation. I just speak to the trail support team if you're using it. But, uh, <laughs> you you can have that email go out maybe a couple of weeks after they've you know finalized uh, hmm. the policy or they've got their home loan, just saying, hey, go through this little questionnaire or leave us a review. Yeah. I think the, the NPS um, system net promoter score is, is an important one. Uh, that's sort of where we started off as, as getting feedback around questions. I was kept well informed, um, that I, I got a timely response, I'm happy with the service. Um, would you recommend this service to family and friends? Those, those specific questions. Um, ours have changed significantly to the point that we are really pushing um, public feedback uh, so Google is our chosen review platform now. So, yeah, absolutely. Start small, have that one automation, get it triggered off the, the system that you're using, um, the CRM system, because it, it should never be a manual process. If it's a manual step, you are going to forget about it. And I think the, the environment we're moving into, there's no time for little tick boxes around, okay, well, we need to send the client a new welcome email because... I think moving into into the new regulatory environment, um, it has effectively it's 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 caused a massive change in our profit margins of the company. So you will need to do more. You will need to interact with more clients, and so you need to actually work on the the sustainability of your systems and how that actually talks and 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 that communicates with your clients. And so, yeah, automations is one part to make your business more profitable. Yep. What are some other things that you might bring into Leapway to, to make it a more profitable business? Yeah, I think what we did is um, we, we really drilled down into the niche. Um, so we really sat down and focused on what sort of clients do we want and which clients we want to work with. Um, we've, we've ended up, given the, the service offering being uh, business owners with potentially one to two investment properties and so forth. So... Um, when you also work with the specific clients that you want to work with on a regular basis, that will have a, a massive influence on your on your profit because it, the transactions will also be the sort of transactions that you feel fit your business uh, and and your client or your, your company effectively. Automations is one. Um, obviously, all these systems cost, so you, you have to be very, very aware of um, once you go down this track, there, there's substantial subscriptions that you need to start making towards all these systems and they're also linked on to per user. Um, the beauty about these systems is that once you've implemented them and you've built them, they are designed to scale and that's how you then effectively increase your 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 profit or your turnover, whatever your goal might be for the company. And, and that's also the thing that we've tried to do is, is we've got the we've got the template and so now it's time to really scale it up and, and bring in people that they will look at this and go, I think this is really good. I just want to be an advisor and I just want to be with people. And this is the, the, the feedback that I'm getting from, from other advisors that I talk to is I can't be bothered with all this compliance. I can't be bothered with all these systems and stuff. So I just want to have a place or and a home where I feel like I can focus on my client. But we've got all these nice little things happening in the background. So my clients are always super stoked and happy with the service offering. 
and that comes down from the value and the mission and vision of of Leapway and and how we want to implement it going forward yeah i think so many advisors are in that boat where yeah it just seems like a mammoth task not only just to run your business but to you know prospect yes deal with clients improve the business maybe train somebody up yeah i think it's um and that comes back to the the thought process that i had around the the future of the company um and so you you really need to sit down and look at well if you are applying for your own financial advice provider license um and i know a lot of individuals have been granted their financial advice provider licenses to date but i don't think that's the challenge at this stage getting the license is going to be easy um it's keeping it that's the trick maintain and that's where the cost is really going to come in so uh, having all these hats that you need to put on as as just a sole advisor i think can become really challenging um and that was part of my thought process is also well as a financial advice provider license holder i need to actually have an individual an individual that has a locum cover and uh, locum agreement in place that if something happens to me they can continue on with transactions a simple transaction might be settlement of a mortgage on a friday and you become sick and the settlement does not proceed and there's cost to the client um, so you need to look at those those operational risks to the company and this comes back to the the other question you had around uh, people that look at commission and the effect of commission on their business that is an operational risk you need to really sit down and look at the operational risk in your company and go if i'm only receiving commission what happens to this business if commission changes and you need to change your company so that that operational risk is minimized and that's where we also implemented the fee based service um and so i think going forward uh, having a single advisor and and that business needing to do all the things that is required by the FMA to keep the financial advice provider license is going to be very challenging i think it's doable um but it comes back to the question that you had around the burnout piece uh, are we really able to do it why not surround yourself by by getting people on board that can help you that you leverage off that you have these synergies with and one more point when a when a prospect comes to your business do you have any tools to pre-qualify them so that you know that you're spending valuable time with good clients is there an easy way or an efficient way of doing it yeah i think um so obviously we use trail so so we've got a standardized process for each and every client that comes on board so um for instance on the insurance side we will require them to complete the fact find and the financial needs analysis um I think at the moment we've getting we're getting a lot of pre-qualified leads already from from our centers of influence so they've already been pre-positioned to the service offering and the need for um assistance with either insurance kiwi saver home loans or the lifetime cash flow modeling service was already explained to them by somebody that really understands it uh so that's also again we we we've, we've tried to really work with these individuals that we have as centers of influence um educate them on our service offering and so that means that when they're sitting down with their client they're effectively already pre-positioning it so once they come to us it's just actually going through the solution what is the actual transaction what do you need help with is it is it kiwi saver do you need um advice on on fund choices on provider choices is it a home loan restructure or do you actually want to go through a whole service offering which starts off with let's potentially go through a lifetime cash flow modeling session and then implement mortgage restructures uh, that actually 
facilitate the scenarios that you had in mind. Let's get the insurance reviewed if you haven't had, look, had a look at, at ACC Kappa Plus Extra if you're self-employed or um, just your current insurance portfolio. Make sure that that's structured correctly. Um, so these these specific silos all tie together, um, but most of the leads that we definitely get at this stage are pre-qualified. So we we're just trying yeah, to get quality. yeah we're just trying to get the transactions across the line and, and give them the solution that 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 is the one that they really need. Johan, thanks so much for joining us today. I think some of the points about bringing in a business partner, as well as automations, I know a lot of advisors, is that thing they want to do, but it's just a, a big, ugly project in the background. So you might have a few people call you up and <laughs> yeah, yeah. pick your brains. But thanks so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to see the next journey that you take with Leapway. And uh, thanks, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this being released as well. Yeah, cool. no, thanks a lot, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>